Hello, welcome to I Totally Get That, the podcast that gives unsolicited advice about life, friendships, dating, and all that good stuff in between. I'm your host, Nat, and thank you for listening. I know I have quite a handful of new listeners, which is super exciting. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you're still listening. If you haven't already, please follow this podcast on whatever platform it is that you listen to, um, so then you can get notifications every time I drop a new episode on Thursdays. And if you have a question that you want advice about, whether it's something going on at work or you're in a tiff with a friend, maybe you are stuck in a weird situation with your lover and you want some advice, feel free to reach out to I totally get that podcast at gmail.com and I will do my best to offer my humble opinion. Um, on an upcoming episode. You can also text me or leave me a voicemail at 818-583-7547. And I mean, come on, I'm making this so easy for y'all. I'm giving you so many options. There's one more option. If you click on an episode, if you're listening, this is only for Spotify listeners, but if you click on an episode and you scroll to the bottom, there will be a section that says Q&A. And you can click reply and type in a question. I will be monitoring monitoring that as well. So feel free to use that as a space to enter your questions. And I will be answering uh, a submission at the end of this episode. So stay tuned to hear what I have to say. Hopefully my answer is helpful. <laughs> I am by no means a licensed professional of any kind. I'm just offering my... Um, my humble opinion and what I would probably do in a situation, you know, like I don't like to give advice that I wouldn't feel comfortable giving one of my closest friends or a family member. So I genuinely really try to think about what would be the most productive, what would be the most helpful and hopefully lead to the outcome that you are looking for. So if you are an avid listener, you know that I recently started a new working opportunity in addition to my full-time job, so I'm a bit of a busy bee, but I just wanted to share about it because I'm excited, even though it was the first week, but I, I had my first team meeting on Monday, which was really exciting, and it was so, I mean, I already expected it to be great, but I feel like it just made me so much more excited for what's to come the rest of the summer. And I already like really love my teammates. Everyone is so, so, so creative. It's wild. Um, so I'm just, I just feel really blessed and I'm excited to work with other creatives because I... I don't know if I mentioned this, but I get to like everyone on the team is black. And so it's it's a space that's meant to uplift black creatives and give us the opportunity to grow and network and really just build a community of fellow black creators, whether that's writers, video editors, graphic designers, marketers. So I'm just super thrilled and I can't wait until like I can I can share about, you know, the projects that we get to work on. 
I I have been feeling really weird lately. <laughs> I I've lost quite a bit of weight over the past several months and I think because I've been just so focused on making some pretty pretty um I don't want to say like drastic, but I guess big changes in my life um, from like mental health to um, my physical health. I've really just been trying to make sure that um, I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that I'm healthy. You know, like health isn't just when it comes to like the physical aspect of things. It's also taking care of your mind and learning how to like um, take care of your soul. And I think because I've been taking that approach to things, I've had some really positive outcomes. And what's really exciting is, is that I've lost a lot of weight. And I don't know. It's weird because even though when I step on the scale, I can see a significant difference in you know the number based off of like when I weighed myself several months ago. I it's like I don't see the changes in the mirror and I don't want to say it's body dysmorphia because like you know I haven't been diagnosed with that but like I feel like I I still cannot see the difference I feel like I still look like such a chonky girl (laughs) when I look in the mirror um the only reason I I know there's a difference is because of the number on the scale but also just because like my clothes have been feeling a little bit different, like my pants are too loose, um, qu- quite a bit of my jeans. I just look like I have a saggy booty because <laughs> my jeans are so big. Um, and then like, you know, my tops are fitting differently. And also it made me think, I was like, hmm, this is probably how my tops were supposed to fit. They were not supposed to be form fitting. Um, but anyway, I just, I think, It makes me kind of sad in a sense because I wish I could be – like I am happy and trying to celebrate these wins as they come. But like it's so difficult to see it when I look in the mirror. And I'm sure there's people who have also experienced this, especially just because the standard of beauty is just – it is bonkers. It really just – blows my mind because I think we have such unrealistic standards of beauty more so like in America um just like the European standards that we are expected to meet are just um I don't know it it just I think it I think those standards just make us so much more critical of how we think we're supposed to look. And having social media a part of our everyday lives now is not helpful either. Because, I mean, we all know social media was created to be addictive platforms. They were created to keep us there. That's why TikTok is so addicting and people end up, you know, scrolling scrolling on a feed for hours because it's built to to make you want to be consumed with more and more and more content. And, you know, the same thing with Instagram. It's it's a platform that's built to suck you in. So there's specific algorithms that are created to make sure that your attention is captured 
consistently. And so I think for women, we see so many different things all the time with influencers and celebrities and what they post, Um, you know, seeing what people comment under these people's posts of like, oh, they're so perfect, they're so beautiful, and all of these things. And I feel like it creates this expectation that the average woman is supposed to look like these women. And it's like, "Mm, no, they have like so many filters or they photoshopped that they don't even look like that in real life like one of the things that I think frustrates me the most is um like makeup videos like makeup influencers because I personally really love makeup I think it's really fun it's a really good creative way to express myself but sometimes I don't like to watch those like tutorial videos because I'm like okay, can you just like make a video that doesn't have a filter on it so it's a little bit more real and authentic because I know your skin isn't not that smooth. <laughs> like, let's be real. I know your skin probably has, a. it's a, probably a little bumpy. You could probably see the pores and whatnot. Like, that's what I want to see because then it makes me feel better about like when I'm doing, um, when I'm doing my makeup I know that like, oh, okay, this is like, this is normal. Like if it doesn't look airbrushed smooth, I mean, that's not going to happen because our skin is not like that. And so I don't know. I think um, social media obviously doesn't help. And so going back to just like the way it has influenced the way we see our bodies, like I think a good example is the Kardashians, otherwise known as the Kardashians. <laughs> that was probably mean. But one of my friends used that one time to describe them. And I was like, I'm never going to forget that. That is so funny. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast before, but personally, I'm not a fan of the, of them because I think they capitalize off of black culture and it's just super annoying. And I could go on and on for days about those women, but let's save that for another day. Um, but I mean, we all know Kim Kardashian has had work done. Like that is not a secret. And anyone who's in denial, like, please get a grip. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure like she probably had like a BBL or some type of implants to make her body look way more bodacious than it naturally was. So she had like, um, you know, a really big butt and like kind of like this hourglass figure. And then like over the past I think two years or so, it looks like she's gotten them removed. And so she looks so much more slender. And it's probably like what her natural body more so is supposed to look like. And so I feel like it just sucks for the average woman because so many people look up to the Kardashians as like, the end goal like people want to be them people want to emulate everything about their lifestyle and their looks and their quote-unquote um beauty the beauty standards that they're setting and so i mean so many women over the past few years have gotten bbls you've seen bbls that have gone wrong some bbls you know that look a little bit better i'm not trying to like be judgmental of people who choose to do that because you can do whatever it is that you want with your body but I think what concerns me is the motivation behind it is it's like we we're drawn to wanting to do these things because that's what these celebrities are doing. That's what we're seeing on social media. That's what's getting the positive feedback from those that we want attention from, whether that's men, whether that's just people in general. And so 
I don't know. I think it's just really frustrating to see because the standard of beauty, it's always changing. I feel like every decade, it's something different. Like, wasn't it years ago when having a big butt was not deemed attractive? Like, it was not cute or it was not supposed to be perceived as cute to have a big butt because it meant that you were fat or it meant that, you know, you just didn't have a good body. And then it changed. Having a butt was what you needed to have. Like that's the thing that you want. And if you don't have a butt, then you need to do everything you can to get it. And then now it's like we're reverting back to having a more slender look. And I mean, what about the the girls who don't like who will never ever meet meet those unrealistic expectations? Like I'm someone who, I mean, I have a pretty, I think, curvy body. Like, I'm never going to look like some of these slender women. And that's okay. But I wish, I think I wish that, um, like, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, I feel like body positivity and talking about these things has become a lot more common over the past several years. But at the same time, there is still unrealistic expectations that exist um so yeah I've been I've been trying to show myself a lot of grace and just remind myself that like I I am making really healthy choices I'm taking care of myself and that's what matters like I'm still beautiful I know my face card never declines <laughs> because, I mean, I'm cute. But <laughs> I think just having that type of mentality and just reminding myself that who I am is perfect, like just the way that I am. Um, but yeah, I think losing weight is interesting. It's really, it's really, really weird. <laughs> Um, so I'm interested to see like where I am in a year and maybe my, maybe I'll be able to see the differences a lot more, but right now I don't see them when I look in the mirror. Um, I'm also kind of nervous because I have been working remotely for the past several months, so I haven't seen a lot of my coworkers in person, and I'm going to see them for the first time in mid-July, and so I don't know. I'm like, if I look like noticeably different, I don't know how I'm going to handle the like that type of attention um, because I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about this, but... I don't necessarily like when people comment on someone's weight, even if it's to celebrate them. Like when people are like, oh my gosh, you have lost so much weight. Like you look so good. And it's like, did I not look cute before? Like why am I getting all this attention now? And I think just knowing <laughs> the types of people that I work with, I know that I'm going to have to – have some type of response <laughs> to these people and I don't want to have to like really share my personal details even though I have a podcast but I mean I don't know I'm just anticipating having those conversations but I also wonder like is it appropriate to ask that to anyone or just like mention to someone that you've noticed they've lost a lot of weight because I think when you 
when you bring up something about someone that can be like a very sensitive topic, especially like weight or something that you just can't change overnight, it's something that I, that's like, those are things that I think twice about saying something. Like, unless I'm like genuinely like really, really concerned about, you know, um, a friend's health or a loved one's health. Like maybe somebody like lost a ton of weight in a short period of time and it's just like it looks a little concerning then maybe I would like try to figure out a way to bring it up in conversation um but I feel like there's just better ways to comment on somebody's weight like to make it obvious but like not so obvious like what you're trying to say like the other day I saw my sister and I hadn't seen her for a while and she was like, oh my gosh, she was like, you look so good. Like your skin looks great or you just like, you just look like you're glowing. <laughs> and I feel like it's because, I mean, I had talked to her about, um, you know, some things that I was struggling with over the past several months. So I feel like this is like her way of letting me know, like, oh, I see your progress and you look great. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, it's like she was able to kind of like mask it in a different way. So I think that's something that I'm going to try to do moving forward. And I, I've also been thinking like, have I ever done this to somebody else? And like, you know, told them, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. Like you look really, really good because I just don't think that that's the most appropriate thing to say just because it can be such a sensitive topic. So I think I'm going to start to say like, wow, like you are glowing. <laughs> that is going to be like my code word phrase or something. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit anxious about it. But I'm also excited because I feel confident, a little bit more confident in myself um, one, because I was able, I've been able to stick to my goals and actually see progress because I feel like I am someone who like, I need to see results right away. I am so impatient. And the fact that I have really been trying to work on my patience and now I'm starting to see the, um, the positive outcomes of this dedication. It's really, really exciting. But anyway, probably been talking about this for too long, <laughs> but I'm excited. Um, and yeah, body dysmorphia is real. It's very interesting and social media sucks and it is not helpful when it comes to uh, the concerns that I have with this, but I digress. So this might be me airing out too much dirty laundry about myself, but I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's what gets people to listen to this because they want to get to know me a little bit more <laughs> if you already know me. But also, I really want this podcast to be a space where people can expect to hear very honest and just like very raw opinions and experiences that I've had or things that I can provide maybe some more insight or like what my experience has been with it because I don't know I want to be like your virtual gal pal <laughs> um and I think it's important to be honest and have like real discussions about some things that might feel a little bit embarrassing or taboo to talk about um so I have been going through a bit of like a weird friendship breakup and 
it's funny because I have been just like beating myself up because I feel so at fault, even though it was, it was definitely a mutual because of, you know, both parties involved. Like there was, there were things on both ends that impacted this friendship breakup. Um, but I was talking to my therapist about it. Shout out to my therapist. She's so great. <laughs> I just want to hug her. Like I meet with her virtually, but I wish that I could like meet with her in person or like just go to dinner with her, go to have coffee with her because she's amazing. I love her so much. Um, but I was telling her like, yeah, I feel, you know, I don't know why, but I just feel um, I feel a little bit ashamed, but also I feel angry. I feel really angry about what happened between us. And, you know, I don't really want to have any connection to that person anymore because of how much hurt and pain that, um, is just like has built up inside of me over time. And just because I've been so patient, to see some type of change with, you know, the dynamic that we have and being able to see that, like, this person was going to respect boundaries that I had and then, you know, them ending up not doing that. Um, And so it was kind of nice because she stopped me and she was like, Natalie, it's okay to be angry. She's like, I want you to feel angry and just embrace this emotion because it's something that, you know, you suppress all the time or it's like you feel like you can't be angry. And that was just like, that felt like such a weight lifted off my shoulders because I think that is where a lot of the shame comes from sometimes whenever a relationship ends whether it's romantic or platonic um, because I feel like being angry doesn't doesn't seem like that's going to result in like any type of growth. Like I feel like it's just going to make me bitter and it's going to make me have, you know, a bad taste in my mouth forever. And I don't I don't want that. Like I'm someone who really values forgiveness more so for myself, because when you choose not to forgive somebody, that is something that you're going to hold on to forever. And it's just going to eat away inside of you for a long, long time. And you don't want that, you know, like even if the person maybe isn't deserving of your forgiveness, I think, you know, you should always try to get to that point to forgive forgive them for yourself because it's going to help you to move on and it's going to be able like help you to like just hopefully look at it a different way and not fester and just fret about um and like that negative experience or the negative impact that that person had on you but she really reminded me that you know, when a friendship or a relationship ends, you go through the different stages of grief. And I've talked about this before, but anger is one of those stages. 
And I always forget that because I'm like, I feel like I don't experience anger as much. But then again, I'm like, that is a lie because I do experience anger. I just try to pretend that it's not there (laughs) because I feel like I'm wrong for feeling so upset. And I think I realized that sometimes being angry is what you need to close the door with people that aren't best for you at that point in time in your life because I don't think that when a relationship ends that it has to end forever sometimes you just need to take time apart to move on and grow and maybe you're at different stages in your life or maybe your values are starting to evolve especially if you're a young adult like During your 20s, these are some of the most important years of your life. This is when you're starting to figure out what it is that you want to do. Like, do you want to start a family? Do you want to just focus on your career? Do you want to get married? There's so many different things. And it's okay to not always be so aligned with people. So I've been trying to be a lot more um, easy on myself Um, And remind myself that I need to just embrace the anger because the anger is what's going to help me to move on. And it's hopefully going to like give me closure in the end because the anger is sometimes like what you need in order to like cut off any toxic ties that you have with the person, especially if it's like an ex or something. Um, Sometimes, you know, which leads me to another point. When it comes to blocking, right, like I feel like usually people will block someone on social media or, um, you know, block their phone number when it gets to the point that you're so upset that you just don't want anything to do with them. You don't want them to contact you. You don't want to hear anything from them. It could also go the other way. Sometimes people will choose to block someone because they themselves just don't want to give themselves access (laughs) to be able to reach out to that person. But I think – When you get to that point of frustration where you choose to just really cleanse your life of somebody, I think that in itself can be a good thing Um, because like how else are you going to move on and grow and sometimes you just need time apart. I know there's like varying opinions about like right person, wrong time. But I think that there is some truth to that because I have definitely had some, I've definitely had some ups and downs with friends over, you know, the past decade and we like kind of went our separate ways for a couple of years and then, you know, once we kind of grew um, and started to just move on with their lives. We ended up like naturally rekindling our friendship with one another. And now like we're in better places and we know how to manage um, the relationship that we had. It was like we were able to put the previous relationship to rest. (laughs) Um, And that's something that my like therapist was saying too. Like sometimes you need like the anger is what's influencing you to cut somebody off from your life because sometimes you it's like you need to have a funeral for that relationship. You need to 
like give yourself the time to actually fully remove yourself and grieve what you lost and of course that is so much easier said than done um and that's something that I'm really struggling with because grieving the loss of a friend or like um a a significant other is really really difficult because if it's someone who is really close to you you have to learn how to fill the space that normally they would have filled with something else so if this was the person that you went to like if you know after you get off of work you call this friend or you know if something exciting happens you call this friend and you celebrate and you go out to like you know, have some fun to celebrate the big win that you had. And then if you if you end up ending that friendship and now you no longer have that person, you don't have that go-to person, you know, whether or not it's like platonic or romantic, it's hard because it's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> it feels very lonely. Even if, you know, you have other friends, um, other people that you can connect with, um, I think losing someone who was a best friend or someone who you just felt very, very comfortable with is extremely hard, especially when you're older, because making friends, I mean, I have a whole episode about it. Making friends as an adult is so hard. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I would say like making connections, like surface level connections is not that hard, at least for me. Like I like to meet new people, but actually like making friends with people and building connections that go below the surface, that's what's really, really hard. And because I think the older I've gotten, the more like, you know, my expectations have gotten a lot higher and my tolerance for just like tomfoolery is <laughs> not very, very high. You know, like I have very high expectations for the types of people and the types of character that I will allow into my life. Um, so, yeah, I've been trying to figure out like what to do to fill the empty space, right? So like, if I feel really lonely, like what is something I can focus on that are that's going to help me to like channel my energy there? Something that's going to like help me flourish rather than like something that's going to allow me to mope. Well, I do think it's okay to like give yourself time to be sad, but like I don't want to get caught up in the woe is me attitude because that doesn't really ever help me personally. So I'm just really happy that I have a dog <laughs> because whenever I'm just feeling really stressed or overwhelmed or I feel lonely, like I can just go for a walk. Um, we'll just go for a walk for like, you know, 45 minutes or an hour and it's wonderful. I put treats in my pocket and <laughs> my little buddy gets so excited <laughs> because he loves to eat. Oh my gosh, side note. My dog, I am so worried because, so I have a beagle and beagles are known to become obese because they love to eat. Like they lead with their nose. So they love to eat everything. Like he is such a trash panda. <laughs> like if I leave the trash open on accident or something, he will find a way to like tip the trash over and get into the trash bag and eat everything. Um, and also they're known to like, 
they they act as if they have not eaten in days. You could have just fed them dinner and they will act like they are still starving and want every little crumb that they come across. Um, so you have to like really be strict with the amount of food you allow them to consume. Um, so I've just really been trying to do that. But I've also been focusing on training him and training him requires treats like he is so treat driven he loves like chicken jerky and like um he loves like chewy things and he also loves crunchy things um so I have really been relying on those but now I'm like oh my gosh I can't because he started to pack on some pounds I was like oh my gosh and he has little tiny legs so (laughs) his poor little body I'm like okay buddy like we can't keep doing all of these treats like we've got to work on or if we do if I do have to give you treats we're gonna have to you know eat something a little bit healthier so we've been trying to have some more blueberries and i'll like slice apples really really thin because he loves apples and blueberries so i've been trying to do that but he's a chunky little guy (laughs) um so he needs these walks so he's probably going to benefit a lot over the next several months but yeah i've been using um you know, having my dog to my benefit because it's just really helpful to get outside sometimes just to enjoy fresh air, get some sunshine, even though it's been a little gloomy lately in LA. Um, And now I'm like, okay, like what are other things that I can do, whether that's like working on my podcast or working on some projects or, you know, trying to practice my art because, practicing my drawing sometimes is something that I avoid because I'm just so overly critical of myself and I compare myself to people and I'm like oh it's not that good or I don't like this design um so I think filling my time with other things is going to be really really helpful and also just like social media too is something that I really struggle with because whenever like if you have like a romantic breakup or a friendship breakup it is inevitable that you're going to be curious about what they're up to you want to see who they're hanging out with and then when you see who they're hanging out with you're like I thought they didn't even like that person. Why are they spending time with them? Like, that makes no sense. Or like, since when do they talk to so-and-so? And then you just go down this rabbit hole of becoming like so obsessed with knowing like what it is that they're up to and just kind of like wanting to still feel connected to them in a sense. I think it's normal. Well, if people say that they don't do this, you're lying. <laughs> Unless you like really don't have social media. Um, so... I made the decision to just like, I think blocking people is okay, but also muting people is an exception. I think I love the mute feature because it's like not as harsh because obviously people sometimes notice if you block them, but they don't know if you mute them. So if you mute them, you just like, they're not going to show up on your feed. Like you can mute their stories. You can mute their posts. You could even like, you know, mute the conversation if you have an iPhone, like just turn off the notifications for them so that you don't see the message um, notification on your home screen or your lock screen um, 
if you're using your phone and they try to reach out to you. Um, so that is, those are some things that I just keep in mind because I think it's, it's important to really cut ties sometimes <laughs> if, if you want to be able to hopefully just put a toxic, like an end to a toxic relationship or dynamic and move on so that hopefully maybe in the future you can rekindle that relationship or maybe you realize you know what what's done is done that was not for me maybe in the past you know it had its time and its place it has its season but that season is over and we are moving into busy girl summer um <laughs> booked and busy girl summer that is what my summer is going to be so i'm really happy that i'm going to be busy at least because um, yeah, I like being, I like having things to do. Um, but I'm really excited because I signed up for a 5k, <laughs> um, booked and busy Nat is back. And so is hot girl summer because I, I'm going to try to start running again too. I, ugh, I really hate working out, but at the same time I do like it. Um, and running is one of the things that I actually enjoy, um, which is kind of weird. I have a love-hate relationship with running. So I'm going to try to like start using this 5K that I signed up for as motivation to start running every day um, or like running a little bit more consistently. So I'm really excited. Um, if any of y'all live in LA and you want to do this 5k with me, let me know because I would love to have <laughs> some company to do it. It's going to be really cool because it's at Dodger stadium and you get like, um, you know, a t-shirt and they have like a health fair and I think it's like a whole event. And I think they have like former players and stuff come to the event, which is really fun. Um, Dodger Stadium is really cool. I'm a little worried though, because it's gonna be super tough because Dodger Stadium is like really, really hilly. So it's gonna be, I am gonna be out of breath. So I might just have to like run walk, who knows? Maybe I'll be in enough, good enough shape <laughs> to handle it. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to sign up, let me know. Um, and I'll send you a link because I would love to have some company. Alrighty. So now I am going to answer a listener's question. Hopefully y'all have made it this far already. <laughs> this question is a little bit tough too, but I'm going to do my best to offer my humble opinion and give you advice like what I would do in this situation. Okay. What is a quick and easy way to tell men not to touch you? A little backstory, I work in healthcare and at my job, there's a good split of male and female work coworkers. There's one guy in particular who's incredibly inappropriate towards the girls on the floor. So much so, he's actually on leave right now because someone came forward to HR since he showed her inappropriate photos on his phone. He doesn't understand boundaries and frequently rubs girls' lower backs, leaves hands on shoulders for too long, and so much more. This isn't his first time on leave. I try to avoid him as much as possible at work, but he has rubbed my shoulders in the past, and I was so thrown off guard and felt frozen and didn't know what to say. Now I can't stop thinking, I wish I would have said something and defended myself the first time it happened. 
One of my girl coworkers actually opened up to me that she spoke to management about his inappropriate touching, so hopefully this means he's gone for good. Re- but regardless, I feel like in my line of work, boundaries are blurred because coworkers become so close since there are a lot of a lot of physical tasks worked on together and spent time spent together. 12-hour shifts, helping move patients, etc., etc. This isn't the first time a guy at work was crossed has crossed my boundary with physical touch. I just want to be better prepared next time it happens and have something to say in the moment so they know it's not okay. But why do I feel so awkward or annoying trying to think of something? I feel like a lot of people would benefit to have a quick one-liner that sets this behavior straight. Thank you for any advice, tips, tricks you can provide on this. Woof. Okay, this is, first off, I am so sorry that you had to experience this. This is just like disgusting behavior. Um, men are trash. Just kidding. Not all men are trash, but like this man is trash. That is so, so wrong. The fact that he's already gotten in trouble for this and this has been a frequent thing, I'm so sure there's more than enough people that are aware about this, but just like don't want to deal with it. Um, I think first off, it's okay to feel awkward and uncomfortable about like trying to figure out what to say or what to do, especially because like you don't, I don't know. I feel like especially when it comes to something like this, it can be scary to to confront such awful behavior um I don't know if this man is like on the same level as you like if he is a superior but if he is like that also adds another layer to it because there is like a hierarchy of power and so um if that's the case it makes it even worse but even if he is just like you know a colleague on the same level that doesn't make it okay and I think because you know you have to see them frequently that's probably also another layer to it because it's like oh my gosh I have to tell this guy to stop but like what if he takes it wrong and what if it doesn't go very well and yet I'm still gonna have to work with them all the time I'm still gonna have to deal with them and I just like want to avoid any possible way to have to have like feel uncomfortable in my workspace which you know you shouldn't have to feel uncomfortable that's just like trash that is such trash um I think what I would say um and this is not going to be easy it's of course going to be something difficult but before I say it I think one when you when you and if you choose to address him you have to do it extremely like assertively and with confidence And you have to make sure that what you say is very direct and very concise because I think a lot of people will push other people's buttons or do whatever it is that they like think they can do because they don't think anyone's going to say anything. And when you're direct with someone and you acknowledge like, hey, what you're doing is just like not cool. Um, Sometimes people don't like that. And that's good because then it it forces them to respect your boundary. I assume too, like when this guy puts his hands on people, it probably catches a lot of people off guard. 
Um, like if I saw him coming towards me, I would probably be extremely dramatic and flinch or like really remove myself from being near him so that he gets the hint. Like, I don't want you anywhere near me or like you trying to make a move to touch me in any way is making me uncomfortable. Um, but nonetheless, if he, if he comes over and does something to you again, I would, make eye contact with this man and say, I don't feel comfortable with you touching my shoulders or touching my back. It's really inappropriate and it makes me feel extremely uncomfortable and it's unprofessional to do in the workplace. I'd appreciate it if moving forward, you don't do this. Something like that. Like just like be very, very firm and direct about it. Tell them how it makes you feel. And then tell him like, you know, you could say like why it's inappropriate or like why you feel that way because, you know, because obviously it's inappropriate and end it with what you want to happen. So like you don't want him to do this. Like I I appreciate it if you continue, if you didn't continue to do this, something like that. But another thing I would add to this, and I don't know how it works in like the healthcare realm of things, but I would document this. Like you always want to have a paper trail and it sounds like a lot, (laughs) but trust me, having a paper trail is something that is really going to be helpful in the long run especially if later down the line you have to report something again or if management doesn't do anything you're gonna have documentation that you informed them about inappropriate things that happened in the workplace and yet they chose like not to take action um i'm sure you could probably take legal action if it came down to it but having a paper trail is so important so like If this happens again, I would confront him, but then I would also like send an email or something, maybe like send an email to yourself so you have it like timestamped in some type of log so that you can have record of it because having a paper trail is so important in the workplace. I cannot stress that enough. Like I myself am going through some really interesting stuff right now at work and having a paper trail has been extremely important in this. So anytime he does this and like if you talk to a coworker about it too, I would encourage them to do the same. Um, And, you know, you can also like maybe tell a supervisor um, in person, like tell them in person that it happened and then follow up with an email and tell them like, hi, just following up on our conversation. This is what happened. It made me feel very uncomfortable. Like, you know, I think some action needs to be taken or something like that. Um, But yes, I know your question was more so like how to address him. (laughs) I'm just thinking of all the other moving pieces. But um, yeah, again, I would say I don't feel comfortable with you touching me. Um, especially in the workplace, it's just very unprofessional. So please don't do this anymore. Um, something like that. Um, and I'd be really sassy about it. Like I would not care if like, forget his feelings, forget making him feel uncomfortable. Like you deserve to feel comfortable in the workplace. Um, So yeah, I think that's what I would do. Hopefully that's helpful. I also really hope that this man does not come back to the workplace because that is absolutely awful. I feel like men in general, like, are so many men, I shouldn't say all men, 
so many men feel like it's okay to touch people whenever they please. Like whenever I'm in a public setting, like let's say I'm at a concert or like I'm at a bar, like if I was at a club or something, why do they always feel so inclined to put their lower back, their hand on your lower back when they're trying to like move through the crowd? That is so unnecessary. There are other ways you can move through a crowd. You could keep your hands by your side and just like wiggle through. You do not need to touch other people. I just don't get it. It also reminds me like if you've, if hopefully people listening to this have watched Love is Blind, but in the reunion for the most recent season, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, maybe skip through this, um, but <clears throat> one of the guys, his name's Paul, at the wedding or like after he had already like dumped uh, or said no to Micah, there's like a clip of him walking out the door and then he like taps one of the bridesmaids' butts as he's walking out. Or I think it was her butt or like her lower back. And then she like smiled at him. And I thought that was kind of weird. Um, it's like, why do you guys try and find any excuse to touch you? Like, get away from me. <laughs> like, I don't want your cooties. Um, but yeah, I hope I hope you, the person who submitted this question, I hope this helps. Um, let us let us know if um, there's any updates because I really hope this man gets taken down and gets in trouble for everything and learns from being such a creep. Gosh, make me so upset. Some people are just so gross. Alrighty, but that concludes today's episode. If you have any questions that you want me to answer on an upcoming episode, again, feel free to email I totally get that podcast at gmail.com or you can, if you're listening on Spotify, you can click the reply button next to the Q&A portion and submit your question there. And last but not least, you can text me or you can leave me a voicemail at 818-583-7547. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to y'all next time. Bye.